Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome in to 11 Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank. Visit them at NBCBank.com today. Great friends presenting sponsors of 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. And it's a little bit quicker turnaround. Uh, basketball sh- schedule shuffled the deck a little bit on us like it. But, you know, it wouldn't be the offseason if we didn't have some wild-ass stories going around this Kentucky football fan base. Not, not Never really a dull moment here, Nick. Uh, like I said, for us leaving the draft, um, when we made the trek to Kansas City, you can't say this job is boring. And that is ringing true here on January 16th. January 16th, mind you. the We just celebrated MLK Day. One round of NFL playoff action has happened. It's it's very, very early in this offseason, and uh, it's been an eventful one. In fact, this was supposed to be the time, Lucky, where we were supposed to kind of exhale a little bit. We were going to have a Sunday filled with football games in the NFL and just kind of, uh, you know, we'll throw <laughs> some posts up. It'll be a nice, easy day, and... Um, that was not the case. That was not the case uh, whatsoever. And that's just kind of how it's been. And uh, once again, we're playing the waiting game with Liam Cohen. If you if you clicked on the post on KentuckySportsRadio.com to get to this edition of the show, um, I noted that this is the, the fourth, fourth time we've played the Liam Cohen waiting game. It's like first off, who who's it going to who's it going to be? We we think it's Shane Waldron. It's not. It's Liam Cohen. Uh, then we play the oh god, Sean McVay. Please don't call Liam Cohen and take our prince that was promised away. Uh, well, he did. You left. And then the longest waiting game was last year, where they started whispering about Cohen in what mid November, and I don't think they announced anything until January. So um, hopefully it doesn't take that long this go around. I want to say it was January 12th when they announced him. So we almost made it 365 days without more Liam Cohen drama. But here we well, are. Right. If back they had again. it their way, we wouldn't know anything about what's going on uh, right now. But, <laughs> Seriously. But um, NFL is a little less cloak and dagger than college football. So we know that there is some contact with the Bears. There has been some type of interview. Now we don't know. If that was informal or official meeting, uh, Nick, if you're following this search at all, it's pretty clear what the Bears are looking for. Mm-hmm. They want somebody off that uh, Shanahan McVay tree. Um, Waldron, we mentioned Cohen, Greg Olson, who was on the Rams staff last year uh, with Cohen. Uh, then we've got uh, let's see here, Clint, Clint Kubiak, Kubiak, son of Gary Kubiak, Gary Kubiak. Is Gary was a long time assistant for Mike Shanahan. Like uh, Gary Kubiak always felt like he was a younger guy. He, he has a he has a son that's old enough to to be an NFL offensive coordinator. Like, yeah, I mean he's like Clint. His son's like 34, 35. I mean he's not. 
I, I did that see all, but Gary Kubiak's in his sixties, I would say. Man, I, I guess I, you know, it's one of those mid sixties probably. You blink and it happens quickly. Um, but there is a chance that, depending on how this hiring process goes, that um, there will be what a quarter of the NFL will be under forty years old. And Sean McVay is this mm-hmm. grizzled old vet, and he's thirty-eight years old. <laughs> he's been the mm-hmm. head coach of the Rams for like six years, and he's still not forty, which is just crazy to say out loud. Um, but like it, you listed most of the candidates there. We can get into the Chancey Lee's and all that. But I do want to just start off the top by just noting that, like fans, I we get the fatigue. We, we understand it because you wouldn't expect the guy that coached last year's offense to be ready to bolt for the NFL. It was it was one thing when they went 10-3 and three and it was the best offense we'd ever seen under Mark Stoops, you know, Will Levis, Wondell Robinson breaking records, right? Like, we kind of understood it. That's part of this whole deal. It's a transactional it, business. It's you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It feels like the fans didn't get their back scratched, and now the exactly. coaches are getting their back scratched. And, so, and, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and and especially on the heels of was it fourteen and twelve the last two seasons, yeah. and then ten and twelve against uh, power eight five opponents, or eight and twelve in the SEC. Is that right? Eight twelve total. You got two wins over Louisville. Um, two, three win conference seasons, zero yeah. bowl wins. Last two years, eight and twelve. Yeah, so we get it. We understand the fatigue, and uh, that's what I think. Where I just, I, I, I'm feeling all of that right now, Lucky. And you know what? I think even per, like I'm feeling it too. Like some of it's like, can we not just have a damn minute to like? I, I've been wanting to just write about the season. I can't even write about last season. Like it's not even like there's just no. Uh, so. I just wanted to start by saying I understand. I get the fatigue with all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still going to talk about it. We're still going to discuss it. And we're still going to try to give you the uh, – I'm going to at least try to remove how pissed off I was that we were dealing with this on Sunday. At least me personally where I'm just like, I mean, come on. like well, the, Because to spoiler alert, like it's probably not going to happen. So that, that that's another part of this that I think is also adding well, to some of the frustration it, right now. It wasn't even that. I mean, it, uh, it pops Friday night, right? Yeah. Um, Jonathan Jones, who's on – I'm pretty sure he's on CBS's NFL pregame show. Yeah, like, he does. He's, a, like their, he's their version of Jay Glazer, what Jay Glazer does for Fox, I'm pretty yeah. sure. He does a lot of HQ stuff for them too. Yeah, so he pops – or sends a tweet out, X post, whatever you want to call it, saying that Liam Cohen interviewed – going to interview – Yada, yada, yada. Uh, and so now we're kind of in a holding pattern. There's there's now talk that maybe they're, uh, they're maybe folks in that side of that building aren't seeing eye to eye of what was expected. Uh, so really we just don't, like, it's a lot of scuttlebutt, I feel like, at this point about what's going on, and you're never going to get them on record. To say what's go what's actually going on, um, but it's clear that uh, I don't think everybody over there is pulling the rope in the same direction. At least that's what it feels like to me. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on, and yeah. so off a year where Nick, it seemed like the offense. 
I'm not going to say they totally like or the team totally. Obviously, they didn't totally quit or anything, but there was some splintering, I think, over there. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how leadership on offense was bad. Um, both two co- both Merrill and Cohen have said that, or they said they needed more leadership. So obviously, mm-hmm. they didn't reach a certain level that they expect. And so you have all that that that's a concern, and then you have, you know, your head coach and your offensive coordinator actively seeking employment. Now, I don't think that's uh, something crazy that we would that that's unexpected, uh, but it, that it's happened in this short a time for, and it's became public at jobs where they weren't slam dunks to get right. Right, right. You that's know, they the weren't. That, yeah. They were they were willing to roll the dice, knowing that this was going to become public, um, and that they could very well not get the job. You know, you have to wonder would that have happened two years ago, um, and so all of that leaves us with like, where is this program? at right now uh what what is it what is every, what is it going to look like uh, next year i mean they're coming off two disappointing seasons like we've talked about i think all three phases have contributed uh to the disappointment and i think that there's bl- there's a lot of blame i think to be to go around and so just where are they right now and what does that look like heading into the season and where what what happens if they have to do a coordinator search here um in late january Again, mm-hmm. and it's just there's just not there's more. I I would I not necessarily bad things, but there's more like, oh, uh, they're why are they dealing with this? Like you know, like they just well, uh this or that, this <laughs> or that, you yeah. know. And then I think recruiting wise, Nick, like they're very much choosing to operate in the shadows, which is their choice. But I really think they could get a buzz if they would be like, "Hey, look who we're recruiting! Like, who look who we're about to get!" I really think they could help themselves if they would do that. Like, uh, but th- that's their choice that they don't want it. They're they're just not wanting to do that. They're very much wanting to keep things locked, information locked over there. And so I think you have a portion of this fan base that is pretty irked right now with everything um, going on. And then you like the recruiting period has started, Nick. And I don't I don't see any pictures of coaches on the road. I think I've seen nope. I've seen Chris Collins and Zach Yenzer, yep. uh, and that's it. And I think some, you know, the folks that follow recruiting closely are probably the most critical of Stoops right yep. now, and are going to be the loudest over these next six seven months, and then into the season. And I don't think that's going to well get quiet at all because yeah, people I mean, are pissed. The fans are pissed. People uh, right now. People want uh, action to be taken following a bad season and then you you fire one person yeah which you know like all right there's one thing and you go and you get some pretty decent transfers and we're going to talk about their most recent addition a little later on and that was a, a nice ad but the all you're hearing instead of like this is what we're doing to fix it is people complaining about what went wrong and then trying to leave from it because at the heart of this, there's a lot of talk about um, uh, Cohen and um, the control of the offense or a lack of discipline, um, which I guess we can go ahead and get into because the the part that I've always you, – you mentioned it too. Merrill and Cohen both mentioned it publicly, wanting more leadership and there being a lack of discipline. Um, first off, I don't really buy that because, like, if – 
if William doesn't like the discipline on the team, like it, it was, it was his offense. He's responsible for them. Like you, you do that. You, you're, you're the di- That's like uh, the hot dog guy. Blame. Like I don't know who ran this car into this building right here. Like that's that's your job, and ultimately you do. Uh, you are responsible for answering to the head coach. But if the guys in your locker room aren't doing what they need to be doing, then you do something about it. And I know this is a little different in the nil era, but like that—that's your job. The other part of this too, like it. This would be different if it was Rich Gangarello and he was walking into something he had no idea. Yes, yeah. Like I think that's a great point. Like Mark Stoops, like you, you all, everybody right now who's like, man, this team—they were just there was no discipline. Man, every time it gets brought up on KS Board, I'm like, y'all think Lynn Bowden was disciplined? Y'all, y'all, yeah. y'all, like this is this this is how Stoops has operated this program for 11 years, right? Like it's it. You need strong. You need strong. Well, I think to do that, Nick. Like to play on that razor thin edge that I think they yeah. prefer to play on, your player leadership has got to be strong, and there's got to be, I think, strong accountability in that locker room. And you know, if you're maybe someone that's a little bit of a knucklehead, but if you kick ass on Saturdays, you know, or when it's when push comes to shove, you deliver. I think, yeah, and you get guys in line. I think there was. Some of that was missing on offense, and I go back to the offensive line. Um, that's the yep. group that typically sets the tone <laughs> for your team. And if the re- your off if your offense thinks your offensive line sucks, that's going to be a team with um, poor leadership or pot- potentially poor leadership. To me, um, if they don't believe the guys in the if they don't believe in the guys up front, because then it becomes everything. Everything becomes the line's fault, right? Everything's the line's fault, this or that, this or that. And so, and then you have all the, the turnover you've had at quarterback for, you know, it is what it is. Um, and the turnover at coordinator. So you just got a lot of, you know, yeah. there's a lot of issues that, that they've got to iron out and they've got to get some stability. And you don't get some stability Correct, uh, right. for five offensive coordinators in five seasons. And that's why I think when you kind of look at the Zach Yenzer retainment, I think it makes sense from that aspect. Like, man, we've had a ton of coordinator turnover here. Like, we're starting the line, the recruit, we, we could hammer the high school recruiting all we want. Uh, but they're starting to build, build it a little bit, I'd say. And I think on paper, you look at that group going to next year, it'll be the best on paper group they've had in the last three years. I think 22, 23, 24. I think you would take the 24 version over, all, over those previous two. And so it's getting some level better. So you don't want to just like totally torpedo that again. Uh, but then again, you know, I, I get why people want change. I, but lack of stability has been this offense's, I think, biggest problem. Even though they've kind of kept a similar scheme here the last three, or really the last four years, I guess, 21, 22, 23, and then assuming Cohen stays 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're still, it's still different and they're still. I think they're still kind of reeling um, from that. But you mentioned just the yeah, like a discipline. I mean, you know, like Cohen, I mean, I, I just – there's so much we don't know, and it's hard for right. us to speak on. Like We're, we're kind of getting uh, and I do want to get people to the, want us to hear. Yeah, I do want to get to the control of the offense. Because uh, this is what Chase question. brought up. He said maybe he's trying to discipline him and Stoops isn't letting him. 
And yeah, you know what? Maybe so. That, that, that could be fair. You know, like, if you think that some players don't operate under a different set of rules than others, like, that, that is um, – that's how it works, right? Um, but the thing that, I, like, I just can't figure out out of all of this – and it's it's the one lingering thought I have is just like I don't know what Cohen's end game is here, because like did he really did he really think he was going to get the Bears job? He wasn't he wasn't doing this to get a raise. We've seen that before, and you know what? We even understand when that happened. yeah that huh? that's the weird part because there's not really room for a raise. Like right, he's, he's like top ten in coordinator pay. Yeah, in the country, and they just yeah. had a like a thirty fifth ranked defense. Like you're not going to get a raise out of that. So I I don't know what the end game is here. Unless it does go back to this sort of control part, right? It's like a power struggle to me, reading in between the lines. And I don't know if it's who who it's between either. Is it Cohen right, and yeah. Stoops? Is it Cohen and Marrow? Is it Cohen and what? Like, I don't know what the hell is going on over there between all these parties. But there, there's something there that we don't know. Because I just I can't figure out the motivation behind this move. Because, like, it, like you said earlier, it was going to end up getting out. And... I, I just don't know. Like it, you can sp- you can speak on it some more. I'll pass you the mic, but I don't I don't know what this control is because <laughs> it's felt like like Stoops has been is about as clear as he possibly can when he can that like he's like I I can't I don't have time to do all this. Like I know that there's a certain way we think he wants to play, but Stoops was bitching about plays not getting in fast enough last year. So like I that's the part of this that I just I I don't I. I, I tend to be on the other side of thinking that Stoops has his hand shoved up his ass and is making Cohen do all the talking, right? But, like, I so that that's the part of this that I don't really get. Uh, our yeah. federal leader, Matt Jones, said today that, like, if Liam does leave, they've – I've heard from both sides of this that there is – like, that won't be an issue. But, I, like, I, I don't know what it possibly could have been because it's, it's felt like Liam's yeah. been able to do – I mean – if you talk about personnel, he recruited all these guys two years ago. He picked Leary, even though, like, oh, Leary got here first and blah, blah, blah. Like, though, a lot of these guys are his guys, so I just I, – that's the part that I, I don't quite understand. Yeah, I do wonder from a personnel aspect, before I kind of dive into this, like, I wonder – recruiting-wise, they're very one-person driven over there. Yeah, Vince does a lot of the heavy lifting. Vince, like, part of the reason the offensive line is in better shape, Nick, is because Vince went out and signed players. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they lean on him a lot, you know. Uh, Tryon Nichols, <laughs> the Smiths, yeah. Brian Robinson, all of the guys we're really excited about in that freshman class. Or, uh, was Merrill did all of that. Vince did all of that. Yep, he and gets so, the good guys. So how much of it is – and with that comes some, I think, and with that and combined with his tenure, like if he wants a kid in he can pro- for Stoops, he can probably get them in. So how much does that maybe – are there some guys that they've added that Cohen really didn't uh, check the box maybe? Uh, how much of that is going on? Just How much is it just like ego-driven, right? Yeah, like, how much of it is them – like getting in fights over who to take and who not to. Yeah. And for me, control what does control of the offense mean? Does it mean all personnel decisions? Does it mean all play calls? 
Does it mean all um, down and distance decisions, game management decisions? What does that mean? Like, I, I don't know what that means. Like, that's what I would like to know. Like, what does that mean? Because um, really, I would think that right now, Cohen probably does 75% of that, and the one exception would be down and distance stuff. Yeah, I mean, to me, I look at it like at KSR. If I wanted to be head of football content, right? Every fo- all football content went through me, and I went and told Matt that he would tell me to piss off, like, re- <laughs> like you know. So I, 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 that's why I don't, I don't really understand what that, what that means. It, like you have a boss. The buck stops here eventually, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I don't really know what that means. Now, stop. Like maybe it is just pace of play. Uh, to me, like the biggest criticism you could probably give is. Um, in the half, like being more aggressive in the half in situations like that. Maybe that's yeah. what it means. Having your foot on the gas pedal more. Um, when Stoops gets leads, we have a long track record of they tend to get conservative of offense, and I think that has worked a lot. But maybe it's more like let's try to, you know, land a knockout punch or whatever. I don't know. But that's – that's to, but there's always going to be of like – you know, this is Mark Stoops' offense at the end of the day. It still is. You know, he's the head coach, right? This is his football program. And so there's always going to be, you know. Because you hear coaches all the time when they change coordinators that we run all, like, run all off offense. It, any head coach is going to have their hands on both the offense and the defense, what they want it to look like. And so I just don't know what control of the offense means at the end of the day. Is it just something that they throw out there for us to, like, well, argue about it when it really means nothing. Like, what are we even yeah. arguing about? And, and also, I mean, how many times has Cohen been in charge of anything, in control of anything in his entire career? Twice? And it's been his two years at Kentucky. I guess he called plays at Maine. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would trust the, the head coach, too, in a lot of those situations, even though the offense has been bad. He 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 he's made a lot more decisions than me. So I that that part of all of this has has fascinated me um, because it does feel like there is some sort of power struggle over there. Um, yeah, I mean that's yeah. I just I don't that, understand that's, that's it. That's the man. clear part. But like, why does it need to be done through all? Like, why why are these methods being used for it that are getting all of us all pissed off? Because people were already plenty good and pissed off at this football program already, <laughs> yeah. and all they're doing is just like let's. All right, here, let me pour another gallon of gas on it. So Yeah, I just think I can only go from where I'm sitting and what I'm hearing from fans and feedback. And I know that's probably a more rabid section of the fan base, but it's very much like I think there's commitment questions right now. Mm-hmm. Like how committed are they over there? Um, and it seems like, you know, it's – they want to just, like, they're very much operating, just they want to operate quiet and not leak anything out in the shadows, but there's only so much you can write. Like, we're going to find yeah. out some stuff eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like, are they going to have, a, like, like what, what are they going to do? Are they going to have a spring game? Are they going to try to get out of it again? I mean, I, I don't know. Are they going to throw a bone to the fans at all in, in regards to that? Uh, we're going to have some open practices, stuff like that. Uh I don't know. I just think that this is an irked fan base. I think, like, the Jim Pop of the fan base, Nick, I think they're disappointed 
but I don't think they've lost faith in Stoops at all. But I do feel like a section of the Die Hard is like uh, <laughs> almost on the bridge, right? Like almost ready to hit the panic button. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's the first time that I've seen like um, uh, legitimate. All right, I'm ready to move on from Stoops sort of stuff, which is crazy to say a year after we were celebrating him for the most wins in Kentucky football yeah. history. But, like, there, there is some people now who are just like, well, I, I don't know if this is ever going to change. I don't know if he wants to change. So uh, let's hit the reset button. And it's, yeah, I think and it's, and it's, it's just not as much of a fringe. Uh, I'm mad because we've lost. Um, like, there, there, it's, it's – and, and part of it is because they're giving us signs that say that, like, well, they're probably thinking this way too. And it's the yeah. looking for the other yeah. jobs. Which yeah. here's my question to you, Luckett. Um, let's refocus here with the refocus fitness question. Um, you need to get focused now in the new year with your fitness. It's open 24 hours a day. It's conveniently located right off Nicholasville Road. And that's the thing is it's 24-7 access. So, like, you just go in and out. Nobody's going to bother you. But if you want private training, they will hook you up. Free consultation. The first one's free. You can train with other groups, small groups. You can train one-on-one with an individual. They'll set up the plan to get you in shape, to get you refocused this year. No contracts, hidden fees, or crazy startup costs. Leave the gym anxiety behind. Visit refocusfitness.com. Look it. Let's refocus here, and let me ask you, do we think any of – Stoops at A&M, do we think this is connected in any way to Liam putting feelers out there for uh, the NFL? I think you have to wonder um, when they had the talks to, for him to come back or whatever, and Stoops said it was a multi-year commitment from Cohen. Cohen said he planned to stay here for multiple years. I think you have to wonder if – Cohen saw that Stoops tried to leave, maybe like, well, screw this. I want to get out of here too. Uh, and I do think a portion of the Bears is for Cohen to keep his name in the NFL ether. Yes. that That's that's the part of me that I'm talking myself off the ledge on all this, that like, well, he just needs to be interviewed every year. Like, Eric Bieniemy got interviewed how many years, and he didn't want to take any of those jobs because he just wanted to keep coaching Patrick Mahomes. But – he still wanted to be desired as like a potential guy down the road. So you kind of have to keep your name out there. That's, that's the one thing that I'm telling myself is like, well, maybe he's just doing this because he has to, to, to get that NFL job down the road. Yeah. So you have to wonder that, but I, again, (laughs) it just, they don't seem like a program that is all in at the moment. It seems like there's, People are pulling ropes in different directions. I mean, that's just what it Ooh. seems like. Disalignment, unalignment, slip <laughs> yeah. disc. Yeah, we don't have alignment. We have fractures in the a yep. fractured family. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, I, I just you have to wonder what's going on over there. What do they do at Auburn? Like, what are our what are, like? What does Hoke do when they go through this rigmarole every year? Jeffrey Lee, our friends at Auburn Lot. I mean. They go through this kind of stuff all the time. That's the other part of this, too, that I, like, just trying to remind people that, like, people do, like, it's yeah. kind of an annual thing. Now, this is 
this is a little unique in the timing of it, particularly because if Cohen, like, let, let's say he's like, you know what, the Bears, they 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 swing and miss. Because here's here's the part about this Bears job to kind of get back to the chances that he might actually leave. It's it's not the best job. A lot of Bears offense coordinators get fired. Most of them get fired, in fact, because the Bears stink at offense. They yeah. always have. They pretty much always will. And Matt Eberflus did enough not stinking at the end of the year to save his job and get a chance at the number one pick next year, who might be Caleb Williams. So a lot of what this is like, like that job is attractive because of that number one pick, and. And the Bears should have a good roster next year after rebuilding with cap space and high-level draft capital. Getting D.J. Moore in, right? They look like they had a top-10 defense at the end of the year last year. Correct. You know, invest in the offense. It looks like they should be a team that could go compete for a playoff spot next year. But they're potentially doing it with a rookie quarterback. And so, you don't – Or you're tying yourself to Justin Fields, too. And if he sucks, then, like, you might be – Done off the get-go. So that's going to make this – because if when you listen to the candidates earlier, right, like Shane Waldron made Geno Smith look good. That seems like, to me, just the football guy, um, that seems like the one – like if you're the Bears, um, good was a good offensive coordinator. Um, let's bring this guy in and let him run our offense. My, my only question is, does, does he hold out? Like, does he want a different job, right? Like – so yeah, that, that's something the, you might have to wonder. Yeah, for sure. That, that's the part that's weird in this job where you could see him slipping down and getting to Cohen. Where I'm at right now, look at I don't. I think he's here to stay, but the reason why there is so much of this panic and fervor too, on top of what I led off the show with, doing the thing with the NFL, it worked for Stoops. But man, this timing of like finding a coach right now is not easy. We, you know. It's a little different if you're Alabama and you're looking for a new coach and looking for new yeah. defensive coordinator. But it's not the, not a great time to do a college football offensive coordinator yeah. coach. I think I think if it opened, you can't even go back to the NFL. You just got to get a college guy who know who you know there's going to be a base level that you're going to get. Uh, you can't do I think what you did. I guess two years ago, whenever Scangarello um, was hired, uh, Caleb Williams quarterback to, coach. To me, Nick, I just look at. All of these things in a vacuum aren't like that big of a deal. Any like functional power conference program that is winning games and going to bowls and having some level of success, like there's going to be interest. There's going to be teams that try to hire your coaches when you do that. So that A and M was interested in Stoops wasn't crazy. No. That that Cohen's drawing some interest is not crazy. It's just how it's happened. And in this kind of situation where they've had two bad seasons in a row over there. Uh, They've come fairly short of expectations. They've lost a lot of home games. Home games they should be winning. Um, And they've had some embarrassing performances. And that that after all of that, that that this is happening, I think really rubs some people the wrong way. And I understand that. Yeah. That does that. That feels like not how this should work, uh, right? It it almost like to compare it to basketball. It almost feels like you know the basketball like they go. Uh, you have a one and done after a nit team or whatever. It's like hey now, hey now like yeah yeah. If we're gonna do this, like we should at least like right like where's 
what what you know like what everybody eats where's our piece of the pie that we're not getting anything to eat over here um gotta cut out pie so it's a new year where we're getting (laughs) so that's where i think a lot of the angst and anger i think comes from yeah uh, is all of that and they just really haven't you know the mississippi state win at home was a big win beating louisville were big wins Uh, and even florida was a big win but they've just had so many disappointing losses like South Carolina this year, Vandy last year. Like if you just win those two games, I think people look at it totally different. But you lose though, and it's just like, mm-hmm. ugh. And then you go to the Music City Bowl, same time as Kentucky's playing Louisville in basketball. Like, like that makes people up. That upsets people. And then how you lost the Clemson game, yeah, I think hurts people some more. Yeah. Like the the bowls that are supposed to be a fun reward haven't felt like a fun reward either. You know, there's just there there's there, it's not to say there hasn't been great fun moments the last two years, but there's there's a Charlie Brown element and Lucy's pulling out the ball. Yeah, and, and it's like honest, yeah, yeah. And, and and we're just kinda waiting, like, all right, well can we can we go a week? Can we just talk about Gerald Mincy? Like, right, can we can we just can we have that for an hour? Well that 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 gets you back know? to my point, like like, they're giving us I, nothing to, like, be excited and positive about. I don't understand it. I really don't. I, yeah. It makes no sense to me. I really don't understand why they why they they feel the need to keep everything so quiet. It, it made sense when it was John Summerall with three or four guys. But it was only for, like, his big top-secret projects. And those worked out at the end. But we were still hearing about guys, through other guys, throughout the process. Not all of them landed here. Some of them did. And some of that worked, like Jacoby yeah. Albert. You know, yeah. There, I think there's know. some. I think there's some high level guys that they missed on, that probably even came to Lexington, that we just don't know about. Yeah. And I think if people knew about them, feel a lot better. I think how much better would, did we feel when we thought AJ Harris was a chance for just three hours on a Wednesday I think people night. would be like, "Oh, look at them! They're over there, like." They're swimming know. in deep waters. Yeah. They're with the big fishes. Instead, they're looking and scrolling and being like, Tyler Barron's going to Louisville. What, yeah. Louisville, Portal King, blah, 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 blah. I just, I, I think they should, I don't know why they're not doing that. Uh, but that's, you know, that's not, that's their decision. Yep. Um, yep. It just, it just looks, I don't know, they, they just, it looks like the house is on fire and they're trying to get out. I mean, that's what it kind of looks like. So, uh, I'm very interested to see the tone if Cohen decides to come back. Like, do they spin it as like he like he wanted to stay, or do they just try to not even talk about it? Uh, I'm very interested to see kind of yeah, yeah. what that looked like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline and how they try to um, pitch that. Well, and I, I think a good barometer is going to be uh, 15 Club Fan Fest this weekend. They had their first one last year, and I actually thought it was ran incredibly well. It was the first one, I think, the line. Didn't they do group. it for a big basketball game last year? Kansas. What's it like, the Kansas game? Yeah. Why, won't, why are they doing it for the Tennessee game this year? Is Tennessee next weekend? It's February 3rd. 
Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't do it then either, because that's going to be their big um, senior day, or not senior day, big junior, junior day. day. Yeah. So, you know, it could be just the convention center's book that day, right? Because they got they got to have it at yeah, the that's good center point. next door. That's a good point. Um, but I, I, if you thought about going, I thought it was great last year. Like a, a, a Kids were free, so if you, like, paid for you and your wife to go, it was 30 bucks. The money's going to the players, and then your kids get to hang out with them, and they had bouncies and stuff like that. I thought it was great. I heard the Owensboro one was not done as well. Um, but I'm I'm fascinated by how, like, what the turnout's going to be for this one. Because last year there was this sort of – it was almost like a celebration of offseason wins, right? You had gotten Cohen back. You got to meet Leary and Ray Davis. These were some huge – Fives were better this time last year. Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm curious what – it's going to be like on Saturday, but it is going to be a lot of fans first time to meet Brock Vandergriff. Um, he's not going to bring any of his dead ducks with him, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of those guys will be there. So that's Saturday. They, they're showing up at 2, and it's going to run through 5. I think the basketball game's at 6 against Georgia. Uh, and if you're a 15 club member, you get in for free. Check it out, Kentucky15.com. Uh, that, that's not a paid ad. I am just want to make sure everybody's well aware. Because especially if you – you know, our, our kids are too little. But if we were in Central Kentucky and you got seven, eight-year-old, like, that's a fun little afternoon activity. I would have enjoyed it as a kid. Uh, so, something to consider. But I, I think that crowd is going to be uh, – curious what turnout's going to be. Is that, hell, I'm excited just to hear some of these guys talk. I don't know if I've ever heard Brock Vandegrift speak. Uh, you know, they keep them all bottled up over there at Georgia. So, I'm not really – That's true. <laughs> exactly sure how all that's going to go. Although – we might be getting some of them speaking to a certain market. So just something to keep Yeah, up. they've done that like super like the week before the Super Bowl or Super Bowl week in the past. So uh, that's that's coming up. Yeah. That's typically how that's worked. We'll see how they decide to do that this year, but yeah, we should get to hear. Um, and I see other schools announcing guys that signed after the early signing period transfers. Mhm. Um, so I would assume we're going to get Mincy and Christian Story announced from UK at some point here mm-hmm. in the coming days. Well, um, I love uh, Derek in the chat. Rainer's coming back. That's positive news. Yeah, it is. Going to be flocking to hear from the kicker, but yeah, it is. It is. It's also just Alex Rainer only kicking thirty-yard field goals and a couple forties here and there. Just he had, he had an idea. It was like, hey, can we? We got a good kicker. Can we use him a little bit more? Uh, a lot of it was unusual circumstance, but nevertheless, um, look at, are you going to close the book on Cohen content? You feeling good about it? Think he's going to stay? I do think he's going to stay. Um, I would, there's going to be some level of panic if he decides to leave. Now, Nick, I'm working to try to figure out the rule if the coordinator leaves at this point in the calendar. If there's like the two-week window that we're seeing at Alabama and Washington and Arizona right now if the head coach leaves. As of right now, I don't think there would be that as long as the head coach is in place. Yeah. So if if Cohen were to leave, we would have to wait to the spring. So guys like – he helped recruit Vandegrift, obviously the big one, Jamori Macklin, uh, some of these other guys. I think they would be. The new coach would get a tryout, basically. 
Yeah, but what you would have is what you did in December, probably to keep November to keep some guys on your roster. You would have to probably do it all over again uh, in April, and I, that's I bet that's something they want no part of uh, <laughs> over there. Yeah. And so it's it's very very important to get them to stay. But I think Nick, we're going to be waiting for a little bit because these NFL hires they take their time, and so we could just. Um, I know it's been reported Stone Saunders is visiting, but I. I wouldn't put any stock into all of that because, like, Cohen's employed here until he isn't. And so, of course, they're going to operate like he's work, He's going to be working here next year. They're not going to be like, well, you know, uh, I'm waiting for Matt Eberflus to call me back. So, uh, they uh, ask me next week. Like, they're just going to keep operating like nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but until we get the Bears hired, move to the next step of their process or hire a coach or whatever the next step for them is – we're just in a holding pattern. And you can bet on it. You can't actually bet on it on FanDuel, but you should download FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook app. Because right now, like it, it's great. You don't even have to win your bet when you sign up to get your bonus bets right now. You just got to place a $5 bet, 150 bucks in bonus bets. Sign up today, FanDuel.com slash pigskin. I'm going to go pigskin. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook app. It's here. Uh, look at I, I. I did the thing where I logged my bets early in the week, and then there was some material changes in the weather. So a thing I learned about FanDuel sportsbook app, I was traveling to Ohio. You can't cash out if you place the bets in Kentucky. So I was like, oh, dang it. I don't know if I want to bet the Packers plus seven. But you know what? Thanks, FanDuel. You didn't let me cash out that bet. <laughs> Easiest bet ever. Uh, it probably did make me pause and not sprinkle on the money line as well. But we got that all back with the Bucks. Shout out to the Bucks for putting the Eagles out of their misery. Uh, you've got, what, four NFL games? No. Yeah, four games this weekend, two next, and then the Super Bowl. Only seven left. So, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, yeah. slash pigskin. Make sure you get your wagers in. Uh, and just remember that you must be 21-plus present in Kentucky or any other legal gambling state. Like, I was in Ohio placing bets. It's your first online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I hope you get some big winners this weekend. Like we're going to talk about it in a moment. We got do got to say, it was nice getting a win on Friday when Gerald Mincy visited and committed to Kentucky. We talked. I think we touched about it a little bit uh, last Thursday, but when you laid out the depth chart, I felt much better about it seeing Gerald Mincy there. And I might argue with you. I might think that he might come in and maybe beat out Cortland Ford at right tackle. But, you know, we're splitting hairs here. There's a legit competition here. And it's just – I'm just so glad there's – you you could write four offensive tackles there and not just having Dylan Ray back up all of the spots. Yeah, I think Gerald Mincy, number one, I think he gives you a legitimate option at right tackle, potentially starting caliber SEC player here um, I even think Nick like when he moves to it's NFL draft time they're going to want him potentially a guard so I don't know if he'd be interested in that I think he would be good um, at guard and you're looking at 
wanting to be more physical and move people off the point of attack, which is kind of what they've been saying. We have to be able to run the ball. I, I think he can do that. That's his strength is displacing um, people and getting some movement on double teams. And so I think it will help really a lot in that. And just the offensive depth chart in general, Nick, just kind of getting this exercise and writing that out, I do. I feel good about it. I feel good about their roster. I think they've really raised the floor at offensive line and receiver. I really do think they have some legitimate depth at those two places now. Tight end is still a deep position, I believe. Uh, running back, I think, is a position to watch this spring to see if Jamarian Wilcox or Jason Patterson emerge as like a legit guy for them. If they don't, I think that's a position they could look to go and double dip in in the portal. And then quarterback, it's you know, all your eggs are pretty much in the Brock Vandergriff basket. But, but you've got yeah. Bo Allen and Cutter Bully, I think, is going to be a better backup quarterback situation than what they've had the last couple of years. Probably your and best so they, backup situation you felt since, ironically, when you brought Sawyer yeah. Smith in and then hell, he ends up yeah. getting hurt. <laughs> so you need your stars to be stars, but your stars here, Nick, are juniors or redshirt seniors or redshirt juniors or potential redshirt seniors. Like, you're older. Uh, and so I think there's a lot to like about the offense. And I, I think I'm going to say a lot of the same things about the defense uh, when I get into it. I think the roster is in a good position. That's another reason why this uh, whatever's going on is frustrating because it seems like they have a good roster. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have any issue with the roster building or the talent accumulation yeah. uh, right now with them. I think they're doing a good job. You know, that could change. We'll see what this portaling. next high school recruiting cycle brings. But they're doing a good job getting players here. Uh, but it, well, and here's, it seems here's like no one, seems like everyone's trying to get out of there. So what, what's really going on? I mean, we were bitching and moaning because they didn't get an offensive tackle. They went and got an offensive tackle. We, we thought they were done. Um, but, you know, the rules, it's hard for me to keep up with how the rules work. Um, I like that Shaka, he asked the question. Uh, he's happy that we got Mincy. But is asking about the Malachi Woods buzz, and is he – potentially competing for a starting spot. And I, I think the answer to that is no luck it that probably not competing for a starting spot. It's like a usually get takes three years. You wanna Yeah, I, I would say here on this, I think he had a good first year. I think he impressed them year one. Yeah. Now year two, I think off like these next few months are I think probably the most important for him. Mm-hmm. Getting stronger. And then developing as a player this year. Um, so I think he's still on the development track, but I think the early returns, they like what they got from him last year. Now, for him, it's really, I think he needs to hit that weight room and hit the training table and get bigger. Yeah, which, man, that would be um, – Fill out that big, that tall frame he's got. You know, I'm sure it's hard and there's days where it's miserable, but that sounds like a lot of fun right now. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, you've, you've heard the stories where guys wake up at 3 a.m. and ha- eat two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. and Oh, yeah, uh, chunks of milk. Sounds great. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to do it. I uh, <laughs> I got a – I was – you know, you get your little Facebook uh, memory, so like it. I got mm-hmm. one today. Uh, and it, it's the most freshman year of college thing that you could ever say. Never spent so much time doing nothing was my Facebook post. <laughs> and I'm just like – you, you bastard. You don't know yeah. how good you had it, did you? Yeah. You had no idea. And I used to skip class all the time, too. That was the year that I got, whew, 
uh, parents were almost ready to bring my ass home after that one. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time doing nothing. It'd be fun just to be like, you know what? I'm just going to spend my days going to class for three hours and then working out and eating a bunch of food. Like, sounds sounds miserable. Drinking really. some pops. Yeah, lots of pop. You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you a good way to gain 30 pounds. Drink about yeah. 30 of them Coors Lights every weekend. Uh, look at uh, one other thing about the depth chart, too. You only went four deep on your receivers. I think they're going to play, which, you know, uh, my, my point is, is they're going to need six, I would say. Right? Is that is that a fair number? Uh, yeah, I would say. So that that's going to be like a spring practice storyline. It's like, all right, feel pretty good about these yeah. guys. Who are the other ones? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's really what I was trying to get. I know these are the established ones, and we'll see. Like, right. I think size is a big one, Nick. They need some more size. So you look at Raymond Cottrell, mm-hmm. Shamar Porter, Ardell Banks. They're going to need one of, one of those guys, right? Yeah. yeah, one of those guys to step up and take a role. And then uh, Harley Gilmore was at the bowl practice. And he was getting real reps with the twos in the practice I went to. That's a guy I'll be watching closely. I think that's a guy they really like. It was a player I really liked as a high school prospect. Um, he he reclassified, so he was a year early in this class. But he's a guy I will watch because that could end up, I think, being a really, really good recruiting win for them. And they're, they're, it seems like they like him a lot, at least the one practice I saw that he was getting – reps over guys that you would be surprised that he was getting in over, at least yeah. from where I was watching at practice. Well, you can take that to the bank. Harley Gilmore, take it to Monticello Bank. Remember, FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, proud presenting sponsors of 11 personnel. Big fans of Monticello Bank. They've been in business 138,000 years. Just kidding. But it is 124 now. I'm, I'm so bad at my math sometimes. But that's why they put the numbers on you, your side. They're good at math. So you don't have to be Monticello Bank, where people matter. Look it. You got your wish in the AFC. We have pretty much a dream scenario for the divisional round. Uh, not all of the higher seeds won. Well, did I guess they all did, didn't they? Yeah, it's it's yeah. chalk. Okay, AFC. it is chalk. But I, it's just the Browns were favorites, so my mind was a little warped there. Um, but this would. This is as fun as Joe Flacco going back to Baltimore is a fun storyline. The brand of offense that the Texans can play with with CJ Stroud and Co. First rookie quarterback to win a rookie quarterback and rookie coach um, to win a playoff game. Uh, there's been some other rookie quarterbacks like Big Ben got a win. I think Russ got a win, but he was with you know experienced franchises that had a lot around him. Like they're really building it there in Houston. So I, the AFC could be a lot of fun. Um, Josh Allen looks like he's just – and I know that they kind of let the Steelers make a run there in the third quarter, but I, I like I like where the Bills' heads are at going into this game with the Chiefs. Yeah, I think this is the third year in a row, Nick, it's been all chalk in the AFC in the, going into the divisional round. So that's – that keeps – that trend keeps – so that might be something to remember moving forward. Uh to me, this I like this more than the wild card round. I know you would probably disagree, but well, uh, they they helped your case this weekend with a bunch of blowouts, right? Yeah. I mean, really, what one game was close at the end, and God, the calls, the calls 
by the coaches and the officials and the Rams. Yeah, Saturday Saturday was disappointing because it was like you wait all week and it's just like uh, Joe Flacco yakety sacks throwing it to the other team, mm-hmm. and, uh, then, and then the Dolphins then, just were oh, gross. And it all like that's another thing I want a point I wanted to get to. A lot of the in the playoffs, a lot of it is, and I I live this in the Andy Dalton era. A lot of it is all right. Go go win us the game, quarterback. And then you get in these games and you realize, like from a spectator standpoint, um, and I feel like I've been on both sides as a fan. Like with Dalton, it was just like, oh man, they got the quarterback <laughs> and we don't. And then with with Burrow, it's like man, like the Titans game two years ago for to me was a perfect example of this. Burrow like I felt, yeah. I felt like the Bengals were just gonna win the whole time, even though Burrow was getting sacked nonstop just because uh, Burrow was making big throws, and then Tannehill would do something silly every God, that pick five or six was plays. So bad in that game. Yeah, and then he throws it at the end, and then yeah. I, I feel like a lot of that is that. And I thought we saw that Stroud went out and made the plays, Flacco didn't, and then I think. Like, the Dolphins-Chiefs was a perfect example. Yeah. Crap weather, right? Chiefs say, Mahomes, go win us this game. And it felt like the Dolphins, they Tua couldn't do it, or they felt early he couldn't make the play, the throws to go win on the game. And that was, I think, the difference in the game. Same um, thing. That and the Dolphins' injuries. But that, I, feel, I feel like you get in the playoffs and that plays out Cowboys-Packers. Jordan Love Cow- just Cowboys Packers, I think freaking blender. Yeah, he went – they were Dak. aggressive, and he made throws, and Dak, you know, melted in the moment um, again. And then they got humming, but it, that, that, by that point, it didn't matter because they couldn't get any stops. I feel like a lot of times – and then I think Bill Steelers played out like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers were never going to get close because Allen was just going to – push came to shove, they were going to go score. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. So I, I, you don't want to make it as simple as that, but sometimes that's really – it feels like that's what it comes down to when you're getting these games. Um, and the fun part about this weekend is I think we've got a lot of good quarterbacks uh, yeah. still left. Well, and one thing I hope they do for the divisional round, I've grown to really like the Manning cast because it reminds me of the old coaches' room for the playoff yeah. game because a lot of times they show the all-22 where you – you actually see more of what's, what the quarterback's looking at. Because on TV tape, I mean, we just know what's happening at the line of scrimmage. And watching them just I – don't, I don't know who's the play caller for the Eagles, but that dude, the Mannings might owe him an apology. Like <laughs> they, That was Dan Mullen's old longtime assistant coordinator, Brian Johnson. Well, uh, my, math might check out there because <laughs> – I mean, Todd Bowles was just like, we're going to blitz you, and all of your answers are going to be bad ones. Right? I mean, Orlovsky was breaking down a play today. They're just running four verts. Um, Anytime they went empty, it was just like, all right, well, we're going to bring the house, and Hertz is going to throw it incomplete. He's going to throw it two yards in the flat. Um, And uh, a shout-out to your son's namesake, Baker Mayfield out there, just – Keeps delivering playoff wins while Jimmy Haslam's watching his team lose. I did see uh, some of the the Brown uh, that Mayfield had a playoff win before the Browns did with Deshaun Watson. Some of those memes. Yeah, yeah, were pretty um, good. Yeah, but I think uh, oh, Tampa Bay's running um, is coming to the end because you got to give credit to the Lions. They probably they might have survived the best quarterback performance of the weekend. Yeah, uh, Stafford. Yeah, they and just some of that like red zone I, defense. It was red zone defense. 
and then also bad decision making. First and foremost, the new evolution. They're uh, it was going for it on fourth down. They're just going to start taking delay of games all the time. Why are you wasting timeouts for five yards when you could use them later on to, I don't know, get another possession, right? Like having your three timeouts. The timeout usage was strange. You there have by the Rams. to have those in the NFL. And then the not to go for it there when you only had one timeout, that was bizarre. Uh, but you know what? I, I almost don't even get that mad that they missed the, the, the P.I., on Puka or the holding, I mean, it was a lot of jersey in the offhand, which is usually a pretty easy call. But they also messed up the fourth and five on the at end of half for the Lions. They were going to go score another touchdown probably um, and went and messed it up. Now, I am pissed off at that red zone offense, though, because that over had no business. Yeah, I had what the, the little – What the hell was that? I had the, Lion, the Lions minus whatever the number was and the over. So it, that was looking like an easy cash there. It, it was for most points of Palooza. It was five touchdowns to start the game, and I just yeah, ah. yeah. So that that was that was a little disappointing. That was a real that was really the only I think fun game of the weekend. Um, and so hopefully we will have a couple more of those this weekend. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I think we will. Like Bills Chiefs will probably be pretty um, pretty awesome, and then. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I, can the Texans hang with the Ravens? Can the Packers hang with the Niners? We'll find out. We'd like to see uh, if Jordan Love, I mean, he is he's on a heater right now. Right. So, you know, that that could end up being a fun game, even though the, the division is. The Niners kind of, if you talk to a Packers fan, the Niners are like their worst enemies for the way they treat them in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I, I well, I mean, I the, have, the Niners have had their number, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. In it's kind of like the meetings. Packers having the Cowboys number. Um, yeah, and it's not only just they've blown them out a couple times too, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So that's – I don't know. I haven't dug in a lot to these games, but I think I called the Bills – like I was talking to somebody. I was like, I, I bet it's Bills minus two and a half, and if it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bills. Yeah. Uh, Look, you talked me into the Chiefs flaming out at some point. This is Mahomes' first road playoff game, which is just crazy to say out loud. Yeah, um, it's it's hard for me to envision Buffalo not winning that game Sunday. I just feel like it's all it's all kind of a line. They're hot at the right time. Now, I do worry ball. about the injuries. I do worry about their injuries are kind of stacking up on defense, and that concerns yeah. that concerns me. Um, but they're – they're running the ball as well as they've ever ran it. Their defense is as good as it's ever been during this little run they've had with McDermott. Um, and so it feels like it's it's kind of building towards them and the Ravens kind of going at it for the AFC Championship. Which would be a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, I, I want to see that. So hopefully we'll – Big game for Lamar games. Saturday. One and three in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson's. Never won a home playoff game. This is a big game yeah. for them. They they look like potentially the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, to me, I think they're the best team entering the playoffs. Big game. Like if you go and lose this one, that would be a like you would have to wonder would Lamar ever be on a team this good? Like I think there's some pressure on him. This this need, this feels like their time to go on the run. Um, and you're playing a rookie quarterback. So I think a big game like this is like a, kind of a little tricky game for them, where if they get past this one, I think they got a really good chance to probably go to the Super Bowl. If, 
But, uh, you know, there's going to be, I think, some nerves and some rust there. Because uh, their playoff bet, returns haven't been great here recently. Can we bet fumbles on FanDuel? I know we can bet interceptions. <laughs> See, I I don't think you can. I have to check. Um, might have to bet a Lamar fumble. <laughs> you go, look at it, uh, Texans defensive touchdown again. Oh, man. A lot of defensive touchdowns this week. I'll say that. Oh, man. It's going to be exciting. Hopefully we get, uh, you know, we might have to wait a while to hear about anything from Cohen. Um, hopefully we're not yeah, talking I about that next week. Uh, another week or so. Uh, next week, back to Thursday. But it has been a lot of fun chatting with you all here today. Big thanks to all of our sponsors. Big thanks to you, Adam Luckett. You, you, go, you have yourself a, a nice night. I'm going to go watch some Fargo. Is that all right with you? So what is what is that show about? I've heard a lot of people like it. Dude, yeah, give me the little this, elevator pitch right. of why I should watch Fargo. Have you ever, did you ever see the movie Fargo? Yes. Okay. So it's a very odd uh, kind of crime story, right? And each season's a completely different story. They basically did American Horror Story for Midwestern crime things. So and like this, True Detective, where they have different yes. characters each year. Yes. Okay. And this season is one of the best seasons of TV I've watched in a long time. And uh, my wife's actually probably mad at me that it's I've, we've gone an hour. I was like, oh, I'll try to get done in 45 minutes. <laughs> but this season, this season kicks ass. And uh, Keely from Ted Lasso is the main character, and she's just fantastic. So yeah, I have to check that out this off season. Yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's a quick watch. Um, like we we burned through like six episodes one night, and we're not big on stuff like that. Uh, the pilot too really kind of gets your. Your, your, your heart racing. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll d- make sure you got um, uh, a chaser afterwards, you know, something to help you cool down. Cause that's a, that, 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 that first one's a doozy. It's it, we're catching up on TV, right? Football's almost over. Now it's time to get into your good drama TV shows. So that's right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Brian Walker. I'm Nick Roush. Go cats and go Kroger. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.